What's going on, everybody? It's the Guys Podcast. This is Caleb M, and we're going to get right into it. So without further ado, let's roll the intro. Sit back, turn it up, and let it ride. Tune in any day or any night. You need to hit the like and please subscribe. Right now, because you hit me with the guys. How's it going, everybody? This is Caleb, um, and welcome to the Guys Podcast. So on this podcast, we talk about sports, technology, gaming, music, and just about life. And we just want to make sure that this is a space where people can come together and just have real conversations. So I'm going to throw it over to Chris, who's going to introduce our very special guest for today. Welcome, everybody. As you know, my name is Chris Poole. I want to introduce our very special guest. Give a little background. I was doing a little bit of research. Um, I met Dex, I believe, in 2016, 17. I was officiating basketball. And Dex is a really great official, a great teacher of officiating. Um, and so we had a connection indirectly that way. But as a student, it was hard to like be like, yo, what's up? Um, but Dex was really cool. Uh, when I got into the field, he continued to reach out, check on me. Um, I saw him at a few other, I think one other uh, event uh, in the NURSA basketball world, which is uh, basically uh, the recreation side for people that aren't in uh, like hip with collegiate recreation um but dex uh, mm-hmm. currently works at penn state um as an associate director um i met him when he was a coordinator of competitive sports at the ohio state university uh for a number of <laughs> years um and recently completed his doctorate so doctorate of education in educational studies i believe just a few mm-hmm. months ago so congrats uh, congratulations to dr shorter um but i believe he's cool with us calling him dex but i will probably still refer to him as <laughs> Dr. Shorter. Uh, thank you for being with us, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the invite, man. Good to be with you guys. Of course. So before we get into the uh, meat of the discussion, remember, you can always reach out to us at the guys at AOL.com. Remember, it's AOL, you know, because we couldn't get anywhere else. But uh, <laughs> today we're just going to talk about uh, some interesting things about technology, about some upcoming phones, about taking risks in the grind and about some controversial artists who may or may not be named R. Kelly. Um, so I'll get into our first topic, um, and we'll just talk about um, the Google Pixel. So the Google Pixel is the newest phone from Google, um, and it's going to be coming in at around $699 for the base model and $899 for the pro model. And some of the notable features of this new phone is that it's exp- it's made directly by Google. Um, everything from the hardware, um, including the processor to the software, is made by Google. And it's claimed to be um, the best camera in the industry, including a feature where um, like, you can Photoshop your pictures in real time from your camera app. And it's also made some optimizations for people of color where it takes better photos of brown skin. Um, and so... Um, my question for you all is with kind of your knowledge of Google, how they collect data on people and kind of their whole business model. Are you comfortable buying a phone from Google? I can start for me. Um, I think I'm very comfortable with it because of the security side of it and the tech that they have. Um, my drawback with Google is only because of Apple and they don't have iMessage. So like I, if I ha- am the person in the group with the green messages, I, I just can't have that. Um, I also checked out a review by MKBHD, shout out to Marquez, and a lot of the things he was saying about the camera setup was that it was almost over-processed, 
And so that the cameras, while they look really good, they aren't optimized to be true. They're more like to be the selfie, like very like Instagram-y photos. And my type of photos are like, if I'm out on a hike, I'm gonna take a picture. If I'm gonna edit those, I wanna edit it on my own. I don't want it to be automatically processed on their end. Um, so I think they did a great job from what I've seen. But with the Apple 13 lineup, I don't think that there's enough of a difference with Google and what they've been doing to compete with Apple on top of the fact that I have blue messages that, you know, get read receipts, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think, Brad? I don't know. I mean, I haven't had an Android since the iPhone 5, I think it is. Um, I always said I'd never go back to it just based off like or just android um google anything besides apple i thought i'd never go back to i am needing a new phone though so the pixel did intrigue me um just based off of the camera settings because i've been trying to do a lot of camera work with my iphone 12 um but i i don't know i'm going between the iphone 13 and this pixel right now um i haven't made a decision i i gotta actually go test it out because there's there's no way I'm going to switch easily uh, yeah. after all this time. It's a, it's a commitment. What about you, Dr. Shorter? Yeah, I definitely agree with both, both you, Chris, and Brad. Uh, it would definitely be hard for me to switch from Apple product to a Google product. When I think of Google, I just think of like just how awesome the search engine is, but I am searching on a apple product <laughs> particularly <laughs> so um i do not i do not think of google as you know or i am not intrigued to buy a google product in regards to a phone yet so uh typically i go with those products that are tested and um just show themselves strong in regards to uh, the market and and having all of the features and the capabilities that i need um, particularly just to, you know, when I'm away to see my family, like in regards to FaceTime and things of that nature. So I'd be interested to see what Google has to offer. Um, but at the same time, like right now, I would definitely have to lean towards the Apple product that I have. Yeah. One thing I'll add, Caleb, before you, I know you probably have another thought is if I had two phones, like one for the plug, no, I'm just kidding. If I had two phones, uh, I would probably carry a Pixel between that and like a Galaxy S21, I think is what they're on now. That would be like my ideal secondary but the feature set that Apple has with their face ID, being able to, you know, use it as your wallet, um, you know, FaceTime, like you mentioned, X, as well as like the text messaging, like the iMessaging is huge for me. So like, mm -hmm. I'm just so bought into the ecosystem. I'm an Apple music user. I know a lot of people might cringe at that Apple music user. So it's just all built in together. Like we spoke about on last week's podcast with the Mac. It's just so easy for me to transfer from phone to phone. If I had that secondary like phone where I'm just taking pictures, it's more my tech powerhouse phone. I would go with a Google Pixel or S21 Ultra, something like that. Okay, so this is a disclaimer. I I do have an iPhone 12, right? So I'm not I'm not bashing on Apple. I do think Apple's products are great. However, I think that when it's time for me to get a new phone i will consider all of the options including google primarily because google's phones are half the price 
Um, and I, I do understand that for a lot of people, phones are an investment. It's a long-term investment. It's not like you're switching over every year. For most people, I think the average is about three years that you keep it. Um, so for some people who got money like that, it's fine. I ain't got money like that. <laughs> so that's that's the first thing. Secondly, Apple has a tendency to lag behind when it comes to features. So the thing about Google and the Android side of phones is that they have the latest technology, whereas Apple tries to stay back about two, three, maybe even four years to wait for that technology to be very, very, very solidified, even maybe old. And then they will implement it into their phones. So like with Google, they have the in-display fingerprint readers and they have the you know OLED 120 hertz screens on the base model phones. And, and so for me, it's just kind of a factor of what about Apple is really adding that much value to me? Um, I do understand that blue messages, there's a stigma there. But really, if I'm texting someone, does it really matter that much if I have a blue message? Yes. And so and FaceTime, like FaceTime is great, but FaceTime is now available for Android devices. And so there are a lot of replacements for group messaging. Like our our group chat is primarily messenger for by Facebook. It's not an iMessage or a text message chain. And so for me, it's like what's really keeping me held to Apple and to that ecosystem. Like when I me personally try to do my best to stay away from getting sucked into Apple's ecosystem. Like I intentionally bought different air, like different headphones. I intentionally don't use keychain. I use one password. I intentionally don't use Apple music. I use Spotify. Like I am trying to intentionally not get sucked in because I understand that like once you get too sucked in, you're kind of stuck. Um, because there are alternatives and I, I just think it's, not fair to get locked into one thing just because they have the best messaging app. Uh, yeah, I think you, I think the one thing you said that stuck out for me the most is the cost. And so a six ninety nine for a flagship model phone when iPhones are launching, I think eight hundred dollars minimum, nine hundred dollars. And if you're in Something the pro like model, that. it starts at a thousand ninety nine maybe, which is ridiculous. Um, people look at us like buying a PlayStation. I'm like, a PlayStation was $400 <laughs> and it comes out every six to eight years. Why you just got the newest phone two years in a row. So like, I get that. Um, I would consider, like I said, I, I'm just, it just makes sense for me to have an iPhone. I have nothing against those other phones other than the blue messages and the Snapchat looking awful. Very talk true. about that all the time. Anybody else got any uh, last uh, thoughts on our tech piece for today. I was just going to say, I don't know, Chris, how you're letting the blue messages affect you that much. <laughs> I get no, like, everything else. I'm group, <laughs> like I'm in the group chat with uh, a bunch of officials from around the nation and it, there's not one Android user in there. So imagine if mm. I just switched up to switch, they'd be like, be we got to investigate so, who this yeah. is. You're going to let it, uh, your whole decision come down to if it's green or blue. <laughs> gotta be your no, own person. No, but also like it, it is convenient for like when I'm on Wi-Fi. So at work, I don't have cell reception. Mm. So I, I am strictly Wi-Fi. So if I have to make a phone call, it's got to be FaceTime audio. If I got to text, it has to be iMessage. So those yeah. are benefits from for me being at work. But Apple's um, not the only place where you can do Wi-Fi no, calling and Wi-Fi messages. It's, it's this perception that they're the only people that do that. It's the perception mm. because they've done it so well. 
So that's very true. <laughs> so we'll go on to the next topic. I actually want to put a trigger warning on this. And so we'll edit in what time you need to skip if this uh, topic is too sensitive for you. Uh, so I want to be mindful of that for anyone that may be watching. Um, but we're going to talk about R. Kelly particularly. We haven't had that opportunity in that space to talk about it. But really, it's more about an overarching question about uh, people in industry, you know, entertainers, actors, uh, musicians that are like doing things that are wrong and any other person would be shunned away for doing those but yet we might still support that artist so i think r kelly is probably in our community the most um there's a couple songs in particular that are always played at the function that are of r kelly and so is it mm -hmm. a question of like do we still listen to these things or should we be canceling for lack of a better term this person. So I want uh, Dr. Shorter to kick us off on this topic. Yeah, when I saw this, uh, definitely, um, you know, <laughs> it was a, a trigger point for me. I think once we find out like what is behind the songs and basically behind the content that the artist is presenting to us, we have a decision to make. I have two little girls, so I definitely, um, it, it's definitely something that is in the back of my mind in regards to do I want this music played uh, around my family and do I want that this music played, um, that it's, is it penetrating our, you know, within our brain and our mind? And, uh, you know, like that's a choice that I have to make as a father. Um, in regards to what he is, you know, charged with and things of that nature and what he has um, been accused of. And, uh, you know, that's just something that we have to make. I, you know, when I when I think about this, I also think about some songs that are played, if I can go to this route, like in yeah. the church. Yeah. You know, there are some artists that, you know, have done wrong or in the, in the church's eyes in regards to that have done wrong that which these would still sing they, their songs every Sunday type of thing. And, you know, there's 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 just a lot uh, that we have to deal with in regards to um, what the skeletons of these artists are and in regards to making a choice in regards to if we want to continue to uh, play their songs, listen to their songs and also just provide their songs in a group setting for, you know, again, a worship praise and worship type of atmosphere. So, again, I'm not I, that was definitely like a not a concrete answer, whether I say cancel or not. But at the same time, I do think that there is a choice to be made once we find out exactly what is <laughs> what is the yeah, yeah. what's the tone uh, behind these these songs. Yeah. So for me, I think if we're talking about R. Kelly specifically, I have chosen to cancel for lack of a term avoid listening or consuming his music, not because I feel like the music has ill intent, but because we are essentially financially compensating him still, um, even though he's been convicted of X, Y, and Z. So that's my choice. My girlfriend does not necessarily think that way. So I might hear it in the other room while she's, you know, getting ready or something. It's like, okay, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that where we get draw a fine or get into a sticky situation is what is that line of what they did? Because like people bring up Chris Brown all the time. I'm like, okay, Chris Brown, is it concrete? Like, I don't understand the situation enough to be able to say that because it wasn't in a courtroom necessarily. And so there's other people that have done, you know, alleged things, Michael Jackson being probably the biggest of all time. It's like, do mm -hmm. we still support those things? Uh, we, when we don't necessarily know. Um, and I think for me, it's just clearly, I don't want to cancel someone because they say something that may be, you know, seen as against the grain. 
Um, I don't I don't want to be that person canceling them if they're using their voice because it's freedom of speech. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when speaking about particularly R. Kelly and things that he's been actually convicted and found guilty about, then it's like, OK, there's no way I can defend myself defending him. And his music is now benefiting him because he still gets money and his family still gets money based off of the things that he was doing. And so that, I'll leave it at that. Caleb, you can give me two cents. Okay. Please don't cancel me. Um, <laughs> R. Kelly makes some really good music. He, he, yes. Um, and I love music. And it's, it's very hard for me to not listen to good music. And so... I understand what R. Kelly has done, and I understand the implication of his conviction, and I'm not in any way condoning that. Um, What he did was wrong. What he's been convicted of is wrong, and I understand that. Um, But for me personally, I think that the way that I feel about music is I feel that it sometimes transcends the person who is creating the music. I feel like music is such a collaborative thing and such a spiritual and like emotional and just a pure form of who someone is and what they created that I don't want to discredit the fact that this, some of the things that he made are in my opinion, all time great. Um, For example, when the remix to ignition comes on, I can't help but to smile. And it's, it's not because R Kelly singing it. It could be anybody singing it. It's just the groove of the song and the way that it makes you feel and the memories that it brings back. And for me personally, I go, I'm going to have a hard time in totally cutting off something that just has such a deep connection to me and something that just makes me, feel so good um and i understand that people are going to have different opinions about that but for me personally like i was just on a road trip with my girlfriend and one of r kelly's songs came on and it was just a fun time we're like oh do you remember this do you remember that and we were just dancing and having a good time and laughing and like from that came the conversation of like we understand that he's not a good person and we understand that he didn't like he's not in a great situation and what he did was not right but as someone who just appreciates music i have a hard time not appreciating his music and that's just my opinion on that and sorry (laughs) (laughs) brad a touchy subject i mean and i mean in this particular case with r kelly um a touchy subject i mean it's a lot of times about memories you formed in your past of listening to certain music so like i probably wouldn't listen to for any reason like I probably wouldn't listen to if for any reason actor was to come out with a new show or movie I probably wouldn't follow that too much but the memories I got from previous experiences of 
just listening or observing their artistic ability. I mean, it is what it is. It's also it's it, there. Almost there needs to be a line almost that's drawn, like you were saying, Chris, because it's hard to know where how far we go. Because I mean, for example, with Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt, I mean Ray Rice got canceled out of the league and banned from the league. And I watched Kareem Hunt, or I don't know if he played today, but I mean, I've been watching Kareem Hunt all season. Um, I've been watching Kareem Hunt all season. Um, me. Um, and he has 21 allegations yeah. right now. So I don't know. It kind of, it just depends. I think eventually cancel culture is going to fold in on itself and just start canceling the things it's sought out like four in the first place um, yeah and so i want to go back like overall, i agree just, with caleb it, in the sense I don't know, that the music like you were is saying very Dex, fine it's kind of a decision and that like, you got to make I, yourself and i don't feel like if someone is um, listening to I don't know it what's I, right or wrong like, in there it's on tiktok and things like that i'm not like oh my gosh turn but for me like i've taken it off of my phone like i'm not gonna intentionally line the pockets by getting the streaming numbers up so that's my philosophy right. on it but there was like a case my favorite one of my favorite shows is that 70s show and one of the members of that show was convicted of things so it's like okay do i stop watching the entire show because of one like side character that's on the show it's like no that doesn't really make sense because of the other people in the show and so it, i i do definitely go back and forth with these things um i definitely think this situation is a little bit more serious than a lot of the cases that we talk about I feel like, and that's up to you as a human to be like, okay, that's way worse than like a marijuana charge or like, you know, things like that. So like, right. I think it's just one of those things where you, like you said, Dex, you really just got to make decisions based off of where you are in your life. And like, I don't, I'm not one of those people that say that's going to shun someone. Like I seen on Facebook, a lot of the older generation is like, oh, I'm going to listen to it. I don't care what you think. I'm not going to be like, commenting like, right. No, you got you can't for the X Y like okay that's your decision it is what it is you're not gonna go to jail for listening to his music but um, I have chosen to do those things to not be surrounded constantly by his music and one thing that right. I will say about this situation is I am very careful about being performative in the ways that I try to be and try to show activism and so. I have a hard time um, in moving throughout this landscape where there is so much um, cancel culture going on and there's all of these things that can sometimes be performative in the ways that we enact our activism. And so like for me in saying that, it's like I don't want to just do something because I feel like it's what people would say is like the politically correct thing to do. I don't want to do things because pe everybody else is doing it. I feel like it's important for you to make your own decision about things and for you to actually be compassionate and for you to actually have a strong feeling and a strong research and a strong background in why you're doing such things. So for me personally, when it comes to things like the Black Lives Matter movement, when it comes to things like being anti-racist and institutional racism and sex, um, uh, sexual assault on campuses, those things that I'm just 
deeply tied up into in my day-to-day life i feel like those are the things that i'm going to take a hard stand and draw a line in but i feel like we can't be activists for everything because it's really hard to do that and not burn out and so for me in this r kelly situation is like am i being am i doing this just because it's the trend right now or am i doing it because it's something that i really feel I have to do for my life. Um, And for me personally, I feel like doing so would actually be difficult for me because music is something that I use to reset when I'm trying to go about my daily life and dealing with all of these different things that I'm tasked with doing in my day-to-day life. Um, And so for things like... um, Sorry, this is kind of a whole sidebar, but for things Mm -hmm. like... The fact that people who wrote the Constitution are slave owners and woman abusers and have all of these things that we know for a fact happened, but we are you know, changing history to a fact where we're just not talking about it, not teaching about it. That's something that I would want to draw a hard line on. But it's like because it's not trendy, because it's not a new thing on everybody's feed, it's not something that we're talking about. And so it's like why are we so focused on some of the things that we're focused on now and so focused on canceling people for things that they did 15, 20 years ago um, when there are so much more deeply ingrained institutional things that we should be focusing on that can actually make a net positive to society as a whole rather than just saying we did this thing. Um, I I feel like I'm, I'm just being very... (laughs) <laughs> Very. <Okay. laughs> I'm gonna jump back in really quick, man. I I just want to kind of uh, to the R. Kelly thing. Like, based on what he did, there are some songs I cannot listen to Very and true. feel the same way that I did about it. Now, I believe I can fly. I think that's <laughs> I think that's a song that I can listen to. Step in the name of love, maybe you know, but bump and grind and all that type of stuff. I think I'm I think I'm, I'm I think I'm done with that because like I know I don't like. I think that it is hard to listen to those songs the same way, knowing what he did or knowing what he was convicted of, I would say. Obviously, none of us were there in the room or were there in regards to on the scene type of thing, but knowing what he was convicted of. So I think that is the tough part for me. And uh, I think that if we say... If, if I can say like I'm it's like it's not about if I can hold even my people accountable, you know, I feel like we could I'm definitely going to hold like you kind of what you were going towards, Caleb, in regards to I'm definitely going to hold someone else accountable in regards to people being harmful in our society as well. So absolutely. Cool. Well, I think that was a great discussion about this. We could probably go all day, but I want to get to our main topic to be mindful of time. And we'll kind of let Dex, um, not, it's not going to be his show, but, you know, I want to pick his brain about it because um, when, to give a little context to our main topic, it's talking about taking risks, the grind per se. And so for me, when I was a student and I was making decisions about like, what was the next step for me? I looked at people like Dex and Dex probably doesn't even know this. So like, okay, understanding he's putting in work at the Ohio State University. And I know that that's going to pay dividends into his next move. And so now we look at it and he's at that next stage. So I think it's just crazy to see like and process. What are you thinking about in your family, your professional life? Like you're an official. So like resetting those types of things, like what goes into your thought process when, you know, 
talking about taking risks, you know, in your personal life, in your um, professional life and the grind that it took to get there. Like what what was your process of thinking from when you were younger to, to now? Yeah. So my process of thinking is basically it kind of stems from the foundation of, you know, my parents and um, my family, like everyone in my family pretty much is our grinders. It didn't matter what gender you are, men, women, both. We are all grinders. So we work quite hard and work quite a work a lot type of thing. Um, originally from Detroit, Michigan. So um, as you can imagine, um, I, I, for some reason, I haven't read this statistically, but from what I know, like it's the worst economically depressed, you know, city that I know of. I lived there. I, I see what was there, you know, um, in regards to, you know, what's going into the city, what has happened to the city um, and things of that nature. So, you know, like I, I just basically have this mindset of I refuse to uh, experience, you know, some of the things that some of some of the people in my city experience in regards to no hot water, you know, just, uh, you know, don't know where their next meal is coming from, um, being evicted, uh, can't pay, you know, tuition and things of that nature. I refuse to let my life go down that route. Um, to be honest with you, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, burned it type of thing. Um, I refuse to let my little girls experience that. And uh, you know what? I just basically made up in my mind, I'm going to be the most active participant in my own progression. I'm not going to wait on anyone else. I'm going to sit down and write my goals down, write the vision and make it, pl make it plain, that's biblical, um, and really just go after it. What are the action steps that I need to take uh, to basically achieve the goals that I have for myself? And uh, you know, sometimes I even think about it like this, like take my goals, and just multiply, multiply by 10 and just see really, you know, um, don't really handcuff the guy that I serve type of thing. So um, but that's that's pretty much about it. Like, I, I just really just try to um, just really just take my own fate in, in the palm of my hands, you know, just really lean and depend on, on God and, and basically activate my faith and just make sure that my girls are taken care of. My family's taken care of. Um, anything that I do, I really just try to align it with contributing to the progression and the success of my household for the most part. Sure. Um, and I'll tag along because I want this discussion to kind of focus on like how we as humans process the thought of change, because it seems like there's always this fear of things being different. Um, but it's weird to me because especially in uh uh, community of color like usually not usually there's so much potential for change to be a good thing a net positive and so i i it always confuses me why there's this like hesitancy to take risks or to change things for the better and a lot of our community gets stuck in this cycle of being in the same place doing the same things and it's never advancing us a as a whole and obviously a lot of that is systematic and built that way so that it's we are not you know rising up and so it, it, for me, when I was coming out of college and the opportunity to move to Baltimore for my internship came, it was definitely a difficult one in that I've never been there. I don't know anyone there. What am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know. But then I just thought about the things that I want to do in the future and what I know my potential can be. And so it became almost like a no brainer, like it was no big deal for me. And so a lot of people are like, how did you do it? Like what, what Baltimore, like, what do you mean? I didn't even announce it. Like most people 
that I was around other than my close friends didn't know I lived in Baltimore. Like, uh, I don't want to like make my brother feel bad, but Corey, my oldest brother was like, wait, you live in Baltimore now? It's like, yeah, I don't like, it wasn't this thing that I was like, you know, announcing, like I had a new car and anything. I just, you know, put my head down and did it. And one thing, I don't know if you know the stacks, but when I was in Baltimore, my car broke down. So like I was driving like an hour to work back and forth. My car broke down. So I was like, my mom literally said on the phone, she's like, you know, you could just quit. Like you can come home. It's no big deal. Like it's, it might be just be too much. I was like, no, like I can't do that. I made a commitment. I'm going to do it. And so for the next, I think four months, I was riding the bus to work every day. I was riding my bus to basketball games to referee. And so like, I remember after one game, I was like walking because I would wait for like 30 minutes, an hour, making sure the gym's cleared out. I would walk over to the bus stop and one of the coaches was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm, I got to ride the bus. Like I, I, so he actually gave me a ride home. It was a great, a great feeling to know that coaches have that, you know, person, personality. Uh, but it was just a, like, there was nothing in me that told me I have to stop. Like I knew that. I needed to do this in order to get to where I wanted to be. So um, I just want to use this almost as like an encouragement to those people that might say, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take a risk. I'm always challenging the people around me to, you know, do new things. Friends that say, oh, I don't know about college. It's like it's never going to hurt you to get that degree. It's never going to hurt you. It's always going to do beneficial things, teach you about life, teach you about uh, making good habits and things like that. And so I know Caleb has a similar ish uh, kind of story in terms of like making moves in order to get to ultimate success. So I can let Caleb talk about his kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, so for me, it's weird because you you talk about it as taking risk. Um, but for me personally, I never really felt like I was taking a risk. I felt like I was investing in myself. And so, like, with the decision to, you know, stay home, go to the college that was cheaper, um, that was a little bit smaller, um, because I understood my personality and that I kind of needed that high touch, I never really felt that as a risk. I felt that as the right decision to make. Um, And then in, you know, going to Texas, getting my master's degree um, in business when I was originally on the path to go to law school, I never really felt that as a risk. I felt that I was evaluating myself and evaluating what would be the next best step for me. Um, and I did it with my whole heart. And now moving back to work at the college that I graduated from, moving across the country by myself, basically, um, and kind of doing this as the as the means to the next thing that you know, I have for my vision and for 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 the things that I, I feel like God has for me, I don't think of it as a risk. I think of it as you know part of the grind, like Dex was saying. And so, I I understand that it can be difficult to kind of take those leaps of faith and to um, do things that people may think are out of the ordinary. But for me personally, I I would feel that I was taking more of a risk by not doing what I felt was the right thing for me to do and staying stagnant rather than pursuing what could possibly be a good move. And you never, like, like Kanye West said, reach for the stars. So if you fall, you land in the cloud. And so my, my, my goal has always been to reach as high as I can. And, um, I, I just think that that's kind of the way that I want to, I try to approach things. And so some people might think it's risk risky, but in my eyes, I think it's just, it's part of the process.
Yeah. And before I turn over to Brad, I, I think what you said is powerful. Is it's not a risk. And so hopefully that's what the message we're trying to convey is that it's really not a risk. It shouldn't be seen as something that, oh, if I do this, it might do be this negative connotation. Like I, I would say that there are sacrifices, but that doesn't make it a risk. So one big thing, I went to Arizona. That was really a change for me because at least in you know Baltimore, my sister was close-ish, but in Arizona, that was an island for me. I really didn't know anyone. So for me, it was a sacrifice to give up that family time. At the time, my girlfriend was not there with me. We had to, you know, collaborate with, uh, coordinate those types of things, but it wasn't a risk. Like Hips, it was an investment for myself. I knew that I needed that experience and that education to meet those people and those connections in order to get to where my, I ultimately know that I can be potentially. And so it's funny because Brad has a, also a similar situation that he moved away from home for a similar, so I'll let him talk about it as well and kind of his philosophy on it. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely relate with bits and pieces of all, with all three of y'all. Um, like Chris was saying, I moved up from my hometown in Corpus Christi up to a goal of my fiance and I's uh, just to move to a, a larger city, have a little bit more opportunity here to a, a larger city have a little bit more opportunity here. Um, and I honestly, I left on, it was a UPS driver at the time. Um, I mean, that, that's a good career in and of itself. And I, that's a good career in and of itself. And I ended up in Austin because I would just, I wanted to trust in the process. Awesome. Well, Caleb, I, think that is a great discussion and we can kind of move towards our outro if you want to get into our discussion for our one gotta go so our one gotta go for this week is live action remakes of disney movies um so the list includes mulan the lion king cruella and aladdin so the way we'll do this is which one is the one that you are keeping um no questions asked and then we'll kind of narrow it down from there. For me, and this might be a surprise, the one that absolutely has to stay for me is Cruella. I thought it was really good. Uh, I didn't know what to expect because as a child, I remember very specific things about 101 Dalmatians or the Dalmatians saga in general. And I thought what they did, making it more of kind of like the Joker ish i got that type of vibe to it was awesome and so that movie if i had to pick of that list was the best of the four for me that would have to say i would have to agree with that it was it was a good movie by itself um without having stood on the grounds of anything else and so i would say that one's the one in my opinion that's the best out of this list and i would definitely keep it Wow, I, to be honest with you, like I'm not gonna lie, I, I have not seen any of these movies, really? and that would have been the one that I would have said gotta go. <laughs> I'm familiar with The Lion King, I'm familiar with Aladdin for sure. Mulan, maybe I can guess in regards to what that was like, but so for me, I would say I've seen The Lion King and Aladdin. I would I would say probably the one that has to stay for me is Aladdin. 
I haven't seen the live version of it or like a remake of it at all. Um, you know, for the past few years, of course, I've been working on the transition and, and hanging out with my girls and things of that nature. But after this broadcast, <laughs> I will definitely up my movie game and figure <laughs> and have a better answer for well, you. You'll, as to you'll why. know. Hopefully, you'll know based on our answers which ones to avoid. And <laughs> well, what I'll say about Cruella is it's dope. Like, if I had to recommend the first one to watch, it would be that because uh, it just was dope. Like, I thought they did it in a very, it, I don't want to spoil anything, very dope, very dope. Yeah, it, like, like Chris said, it reminds me of like the Joker's origin story. Yeah. Um, I can get to my one that's just got to go. go ahead. I mean, Mulan's got to go. Ah, see, I'm, and so Mulan's got to go. And the so, reason, the reason ahead. why it's got to go is because, in my opinion, it's the best out of this list of the originals. I liked Mulan personally the most. Okay. And it was the worst remake. Okay. So, I don't want to cut you off, but so for me going into it, when I heard that Mulan was not a musical remake, I was like, absolutely not. But when I watched it, I would say the story and what they tried to do was executed pretty solidly for what they were trying to do without spoiling too much. So they kept the original framework of like the women in disguise type thing and being able to, you know, help essentially save, but in a more realistic type of way without the flying, the dragon and the crickets. And, you know, there were still some elements of that. I do agree that I don't think it was the greatest. I think if they would have done the musical, I, I would have been like, yes. Um, but I do have to put it in context that it was made for a different generation. Uh, to touch on Aladdin, I think that Aladdin, when I watched it in movie, the movie theater, because I actually went and saw this, I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And I am going to get canceled or drugged for saying this. I like that more than the original, and it's not close for me. Ooh. I was not a huge Aladdin fan, the original cartoon. And so I think I did it really good for me, especially with Will Smith in it. Uh, so for me, I would keep Aladdin is between Mulan and Lion King. Lion King was basically a one for one remake. I would say you agree, Kip It's yeah. basically exactly the same other than they added a few more women empowerment scenes, I think. Where and a Beyonce, song for Beyonce. Beyonce, because she's in the movie. You got to give her a solo. So she <laughs> she had her own moment. I think that it's less rewatchable than Mulan. I think that visually it is probably the best of them. And that's why I will also say Mulan has to go. Yeah. I said all that to say <laughs> Mulan has to go. It's not as bad as I thought. And I heard it was really bad, but I watched, it, I was like, okay, this is solid. This ain't, this ain't that bad. When I first watched the Lion King, I was like, oh wow, this looks really good. Uh, I think JD McCrary who voiced the young Simba has an amazing voice, childish Gambino or uh, Glover, Donald Glover. He's solid voice. He was cool. I think it was all around good. I think they're all four solid movies, but I would rank them Corella one, Aladdin two, Lion King three, Mulan four. Yeah. Okay. Ha, 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 ha.
Yeah. Solid, solid. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's fair. I, I agree. I, so I, I to comment on coming to America. I think they tried really hard not to do what you're saying, ruin it. I, I think they made think it. They tried too hard. I no. I think that they. If you watch it, you would see that. Like it's a lighthearted remake. It's not taking itself too seriously. Um, they gave nods to a lot of the previous characters, so it wasn't like they're trying to like magically make it work. Like it, they were giving nods to things that happened. I think that I might have been a little bit too hard on Lion King. I think if you watched it, you might enjoy it with your family and things. The, it looks really good. It looks realistic. Like the animals are actually real. And I will say some of the songs are better yes because, because they are sung by us <laughs> our people that you know have a little you know so i i think it's really good i i i dog on it because it's so one-to-one -one. like it's there are a lot of scenes that they literally took from the original movie and redid it in their new way and so like the akuna matata was literally like they took some of the same exact scenes from that and so that was why it got docked for me a little bit. But um, I appreciate us, uh, Dex, especially taking the time. I appreciate you, Caleb, Brad. Um, I think we are at our time, but if there are any other closing remarks, now is the time. We good to go? For sure, I might ask you to name drop me at a nurse. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all so much. Thank you for tuning in for the guys' podcast. I'm Chris Poole. With me is Caleb, Brad, Dex. Peace. Sit back, turn it up, and let it ride. Tune in any day or any night. You need to hit the like and please subscribe right now. Cause you have